Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic interventions. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you're listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Very excited to speak with my guest today and have this dope conversation about some of the work that he is doing, um, and I'm excited for y'all to hear it. Today, I have with me the author of the In Fly We Trust Self-Development Coloring Books. I have Brandon Hill. Hi, Brandon. Yeah, how you doing today? I am doing very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm absolutely ecstatic. Good. Uh, life has been good i feel excited energetic and just extremely blessed um so even to be on your podcast this afternoon uh you know you're part of my manifestation and i'm just so honored to be a part of it and uh thank you you are welcome i'm excited too so i'm gonna start with you like i do all my guests and ask what is your labor of love my labor of love uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you kind of said it, but, you know, most people don't really, you tell people you do coloring books, right? They look at you a little bit crazy, but um, what I've been given, uh, I feel like it's a gift from God. The task with this work is to I make these adults, and I say adult, quote unquote adult, because really youth can use them as well, um, but self-development, coloring, and workbooks. Um what I realized, and, and, and understand that these books actually come from my personal experiences. I'm going through these stages myself. And so the books themselves reflect the stages I'm currently going through. So I have three out so far. First one's called Readings In. It is a color book that's based around anxiety, letting go of anxiety, letting go of stress, letting go of the past, letting go of things that you cannot change and don't have an impact on your life. Um, and, and letting that weight just drop. The second one is Hustle and Motivate, which is a book about manifestation. Um, realize you have this life in front of you. What do you want from that life? Um, and the third book is called Bad and Bushido. And Bad and Bushido Volume 3 is about figuring out what is holding you back. Um, fears, insecurities, um, just those types of things. And using the motif of that warrior that's inside of you, attacking that. So ultimately, it's about you versus you, me versus me, and defeating that um, that thing that's holding you back. So I have three volumes right now. I'm working on a fourth one called Capes and Come Ups that, mm. that is focused on 11, ages 11 on up, but it's using superheroes, um, that concept, and just reimagining, you know, what they would look like if we were, you know, in it. And so it's one hand, the books are about art. You know, I, I, I enjoy doing art, enjoy making art, and I enjoy making art that, resonates with people um, and people have these experiences from that and, and respond to that but at the same time you know this is what I did not understand what was happening inside of me was that like I said I was, I'm making the books that I need for myself and realizing that a lot of people are not necessarily going to read a big 400 page book about how to 
how to improve yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so instead I said, you know what? Like, let's put this into this coloring book. Let's lower that barrier so that the average person um, doesn't feel they need a need a, a PhD to, to get mental health, but the average person can enjoy themselves um, in the process of having time that's about self-reflection and being introspective. Uh, so coloring itself is, a, is oftentimes some people do by themselves. So instead of tuning out, which a lot of coloring books kind of focus on is tuning out, I'm like, let's tune into ourselves. Let's think about what it is we want, who we are, and things we're going to do. And these books are my labor of love. Hmm. That is beautiful. Thank you. So a couple of things came up for me as I was listening to you speak. Um, one, I would not be one of those people who looked at you crazy when you say you do coloring books because um, coloring can be very regulating to the nervous system. Um, I appreciate coloring um, as a person who likes to regulate <laughs> and as an artist. What I appreciate about it is coloring is what I will move into when I don't have the energy or inspiration to create something on my own, but I still want to regulate through creativity. And so I love coloring books and um, I have some adult coloring books again, not because kids can't use them, but it appeals to adult sensibilities, if you will. So I absolutely love that. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting my copies of the first three and eagerly awaiting the fourth. Um, something else that came to mind to me wasn't necessarily based on what you said you, well it is you started by saying um you know this is part of something you manifested and I'm gonna have you talk more about that but what is so interesting is as you were talking what flashed across my mind was and I'm gonna probably be off when it comes to the time frame because COVID was like a vacuum cleaner that sucked time awareness away but sometime in the last couple of years, I now specifically remember a friend of mine, Kara Michelle Pearson, who is a multi uh, who's been on the podcast. I'm pretty sure she went to your coloring book launch. And I know this because I remember her posting pictures of it on social media. And I think she came on a day where she had like multiple things to do. As a matter of fact, I might even... Nope, I can even pull it back. Was it this year? Did you do something this year? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a few months ago. It was the day we did rest. So her and I collaborated on this thing in the park. It was a Sunday and it was all about getting people to come out and rest. And as she was packing yeah. up to go, I was just like, what you got going up? And she's like, hey, I'm going to this, you know, this coloring book launch. And I was like, oh, like that sounds dope. And then, so I remember her posting pictures. And so as you were talking, I was like, see, this is, this is dope. This is how this kind of works. When I saw those pictures, it, it it's not that I had to do anything with it, but it just kind of gets filed into this, this mental file cabinet that I have full of random miscellaneous things. But I always know and assume that everything I see, every person I meet, no matter how formally or informally, it serves a purpose. There There is a purpose behind it. So I have what I'll non-disrespectfully call a junk drawer of mm -hmm. images and sounds and memories that when things like this happen 
it's like, wait a minute, somebody, somebody in the back file came and was like, hold on, hold on. We've seen this before. And so I definitely remember it was for the third one. Cause I remember the samurai theme And you had a bunch of people come and people were able to kind of color in the coloring books. And I remember thinking that is dope. And then it just got filed away. And then here we are (laughs) talking about it today. It's it's absolutely wild. And I appreciate that, um, that you said that. And, uh, you know, that event right there was extremely special to me um, because it wasn't something that I initiated on my own. Um, it was actually, you know, uh, two women, Alexis Francine and Ashley Glass kind of initiated that and pushed me. And I wasn't, re- you know, mentally I wasn't even ready for this because it's all so new to me. So I was more like, so, okay, okay. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it was such a blessing. Um, to, you know, I th- and I think we need these things is that, it's not just about being celebrated. It is about being celebrated. I think that we should all have opportunities to be celebrated. It's why birthdays are so important. You know, uh, Mother's and Father's Days and these different things are so important to celebrate each other, right? And when we have accomplishments, it's it's vital that we celebrate each other's accomplishments. And for so many years, you know, that's what I do for other people. But I did not see myself doing it for me. Hmm. And so for others to, to see something in me enough to put time and energy and effort towards that, it's extremely humbling. Um, and so that event was just like extremely special. Arts OTA is where it was at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic place. Definitely check it out. Arts OTA. Um, and it was, it was, there was things I was not ready for at that event. First of all, sister, you talked about, I haven't seen it for years. She's a professor of mine. And so um, seeing her was just like, like just a powerful experience because, you know, when you see people uh, when you're younger or when when people see you when you're younger, um, it's easy kind of, you know, to think like one way of that person, but to see somebody as you, as you, as they develop, as I develop, and I'm, I'm, I'm a completely new person right now. Uh, and to be loved and be embraced and to see people have like visceral effects from the from the artwork and from what's going on inside of it, it was extremely moving and motivational for me to kind of keep pushing and to keep moving and to keep creating because this is this art is not my art. But when I say that, what I'm saying is that you know at times you you know things kind of flow through you. And so I look at myself as being a conduit to flow through me but I can't even take all the credit I got to give credit to the higher power for allowing me to be that person that flows through and you know in the process of flowing through me it's actually healing me as well so it's not you know me saying I need to heal others it's really me doing the work on myself and this is like the project that I'm using to work on myself uh, to to make that happen Mm. and so yeah, and, and, and the other thing, too, is this. You know, I'm really tickled by what you said, is that I was in Louisville for um, a little over a year, from June until uh, recently, uh, this weekend, October. And when I moved to Louisville after 21 years, you know, I asked myself, who am I? Who am I going to be? I don't know anybody. 
And by the time I left the city, and I'm still a part of the movement, so, you know, but by the time I left the city, people are like, hey, you're the coloring book guy. And that's so dope. Like, yes, I am. Um, or they might call me the comic book guy. And I still wave because that's I'm like, dope. yes, you know, manifest that. Maybe I'm going to be doing that one day. I don't know. Um, to, so, so for you to see an image or to see that book and recognize it and connect those things months later is truly an honor. And I'm so appreciative of that. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Um, yeah, like I, I think there there's so much uh, in what you just said. I want to pull out one. Um, there is, I believe, something very powerful about identifying our own self-interest and our own needs. When we as individuals are able to identify what our self-interest is and what our needs are, and move to um, meet those needs and fulfill those interests, what happens is what we do in order to move through that process can help other people. When we heal, it is not just for our own benefit. Healing reaches forward, healing reaches backwards, and healing wraps around us. And so... When I, you know, it is a a conclusion that I've come to when um, I realize that I I talk about what I want to on the podcast. (laughs) You know, I had to get to a point where as, as a person, as a content creator, I had to shift my focus from what do people want to hear or what do people need to hear to what do I need to hear? What do I want to hear? And as Mm -hmm. I started creating content based on what I needed, what I found is it was, it was hitting other people who needed the same thing. And it took the pressure away from trying to create something that I didn't have direct investment in. Like, how do I know? And it also helped me realize that it ain't got to be for everybody. Like who told me that I had to do everything for everybody? It was a lie. (laughs) And so those who connect with my content, connect with my content. And there are going to be some people who will never see the benefit in a coloring book. And that's okay. But there are going to be so many people (laughs) who do. And then there you are. So, So that aspect of our becoming a vessel or a conduit for other people's healing and change really comes from just trying to heal and change ourselves and so I really appreciated Mm -hmm. that and then along this thread is I really do believe I was um I talk to myself a lot but I think that's also dope because that just means I enjoy my company um (laughs) I like me so I spent a lot of time talking to me and I feel like I was in the car yesterday and I was having a conversation with myself around this concept of Um, digital citizenship and how some people engage in social media, for example, as takers only, like they go to get information. And while I'm not attempting to put a value judgment on that, good, bad, right, or wrong, what I am saying is no one has to meet my level of transparency, which is super high. 
But I think a benefit in people sharing to whatever degree they share is you never know the impact that it is going to have on someone. Like you, this thing that you like, oh, I mean, it ain't really nothing. And it's like, please share it because the same way we can go on and we find people who are where we want to be or where we're trying to get, you are also where somebody else is trying to get, even if you're not where you're, where you think you should be. So we have that, that ability to like pull each other in. And you talked about celebrating accomplishments. I think I'm to the point where I want to take it even a step further and say, we don't have to wait to the accomplishment. Let's celebrate the progress towards accomplishment. So I want a huge celebration when book number four comes out, but I don't have to wait. I can celebrate you right now that you are working on it, that you've conceptualized it, that it has a name, that, that you want to represent people in this, this world of fantasy and superhero dumb that, that mirrors our world in a lot of ways, but it can look like a different thing. I'm celebrating that right now. We can have an additional celebration when it drop and pre-sales and book signings. I want to do all that, but I don't want us to wait until there is a finished product. That is a result of capitalism, exploitative capitalism at that. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get back to where we develop um, community celebrations around being just who we are in the state and stage that we are. Um, and I, I feel like that that's that's where I am right now. So I celebrate you right now, brother, for not it. just the past accomplishments of three finished products, but the fact that you are moving towards a fourth. So just to give you a little background about kind of where I started and the reason for doing the coloring book was that uh, back in 2018, I was involved in a accident. I was riding a bicycle. And I was hit, was involved in hit and run accident and became handicapped for a couple of years. Uh, during the time being handicapped, uh, my marriage fell apart, ended um, within like a couple of months afterwards. Um, family court, which is the worst. Uh, my children were split up. Um, money problems, um, you know, everything kind of all happened all at once. And I went through a very deep depression for about three years really about two years, very deeply. And on that second year, I was, um, third year, I was kind of emerging out of that, that depression. But, you know, here I was, like many of us, I was kind of trying to figure out what happens. What, why, why is this happening? Is the question, right? And what I didn't understand that I think I begin to understand now is that, you know, these bad things happen to every single one of us, but we have an opportunity to respond. It's a test. It's an initiation almost. I'm in this club now of surviving death twice within a month period. You know, the blessing is that emerging on the other side of trauma, on the other side of tragedy, on the other side of sacrifice, is that you're given a gift. You're given this gift of knowing that one, you can survive almost anything. So you might might as well become anything you want to be, right? The other thing is that you don't realize that either A, you have talents that you never knew of, or B, you have talents you never used. And when you are confronted with death, your mortality, being handicapped, realizing that, you know, you are this physical being, uh, it gives you this opportunity to rec- recreate yourself. 
And I never saw myself being a person that would make coloring books for a living um, and enjoy it so much. But here I am. But what I had to sacrifice in that fire, I had to sacrifice, you know, um, dealing with my weaknesses, dealing with my fears, dealing with my insecurities, doing all the things that I write about in these books. And so the stages of the books is mirroring the stages of my life. I was dealing with anxiety bad because I was going through family court. I was struggling. I was trying to figure out what's happening. I'm watching my family being ripped apart. And you have a system that is completely complicit with it. And I'm just like, none of this makes sense. So, you know, anxiety was bad. Um, but then, you know, once I begin to uh, use mindfulness, I begin to meditate. I begin to spend time with myself, reflecting and understanding certain things. I got a calm that came upon me. And I began to realize I have a new life ahead of me. What do I want that life? This is the motivation. This is the manifestation part of being very active and intentional about what it is I want. Because before I lived life, just whatever God gave me is what it's supposed to be. But now I'm very intentional about what I'm asking for. I, I want to be an artist, an entrepreneur. I am an artist, not to do it. I want to be um, successful, stable. I want my children to see that they can become anything that they work towards. Um, I want my family to be protected. I want a wife. You know, I want to travel. I want all of the things, and I'm going to get those things, and those are things are happening. And so, though I had to sacrifice a large part of myself, on the other side, I'm a stronger person. I will not be defeated, and I will not be a person that gives up easily either. It's it's an amazing, amazing feeling to lean into your worst times and recognize that if you come out on the other side, you will never be the same. Now, but it's a choice, though. It is a complete choice. Many times, people go through bad things in life, and they make the choice to allow those bad things to dictate the rest of their life in a negative way. That is a choice. But I told my daughter that we know people that have survived civil wars, seen the worst of the worst of humanity and are kind and are loving. And we've seen people have everything that they've ever wanted in life, money and, and all type of stuff and are nasty and jealous and envious. It's a choice. And so I'm choosing to, to allow what God gave me um, to, to push me forward and in that, so many doors have been opened up that I could never have seen before. I never saw my life being like this before. I never could imagine this, but here I am, and I'm extremely grateful. Mm. Thank you for sharing your story. It was powerful what you were doing anyway, but um, you know, as I'm a storyteller and a story holder, and story gives such con um context to a person's life. There is so much depth there. I do want to speak a little bit to, to the, to the choice part. Um, you know, choice is one of those things, um, where there is always choice and yet a lot of people don't always know there is choice. What I appreciate is when a person can go through trauma and tragedy and recognize that there is a choice 
That is huge because our nervous system will oftentimes try to convince us that there is no choice. And that's because our nervous system is based on survival and survival, survival narrows choice. (laughs) Survival says this, we got to do this. And many of us can go with that because that's what that we feel. We feel it's the only thing. One thing that I will say to people that I'm working with very often is when you feel like you don't have choice, you simultaneously don't feel safe. Like there is a lack of safety that is driving that feeling that you don't have choice. So I describe it as being backed into a corner. And I say, as hard as it can be, come to the middle of the room. That's a proverbial room. Come to the middle. Then you realize that choice is always present. It's only when you backed into a corner and you think that the only, the only way to go is what's in front of you or this hard wall that's behind you come into the middle of the room. So choice is always present. Now the choices we have are not always pleasant. (laughs) They don't always feel good, but there is always choice. So if you feel like there is no choice, I just, I invite people to come into the middle of the room. Step and step a step a little closer to the middle of the room so you can turn around and look around. When there's no choice, you when you can't turn, you're in a corner. And sometimes we put ourselves in a corner because don't get me wrong, a corner can feel like safety. If I go into a restaurant, I prefer to be seated in a corner. Mm-hmm. Because of the if, if I'm in a corner, I can see everything that's in front of me and ain't nothing gonna come from behind me. So I'm not talking down on corners. I understand how we get there. I understand why we choose them. Because sometimes we choose it so that we can see what's coming at us and we can, we can feel like we have some safety at our back. But I just offer that as a metaphor that when you feel like there is no choice, you're in a corner and it's okay because if there is a corner, there are also other spaces that you can kind of pull yourself out into. And the other thing is this idea of recreation. And what I love about recreation, sometimes that comes as someone just kind of making a decision. I'm going to, I'm going to recreate myself, but usually that is a forced decision based on some circumstances you could not control. The beautiful thing. Well, let me start with the hard thing. The hard thing of recreation is this work. It is work. The beautiful thing about it is oftentimes when we look at the original creation that we were, we didn't do that somebody else did it. What do I mean by that? I mean, you were given a name. You didn't choose it. You were given a bunch of circumstances. You were told who you were. You were oftentimes given your your likes and your dislikes. And we have all of these messages that we get. Who am I supposed to be? Who do I need to be based on my family structure, my, my community? And all of these different factors that go into how we emerge. The recreation process, though, is we get to go pause, stop the noise. Mm-hmm. Who, do, who do I want to be? Challenge in that is sometimes the messages we've received from uh, family, society, culture is so ingrained that we think they're our ideas. So people might say, oh, I, I, I want to be successful. Cool. But we have a whole 
limited, narrow view of what success looks like because this is what we're told success looks like. So we start the recreation process moving towards a certain thing. We're calling it success, but it's really all these other systems wrapped up to tell us that's what success is. So one of the, I think, most beautiful parts of recreation, whether it's an individual journey or a collective journey, is doing the work of going, how do I kind of explore my ideas, my my perspectives, the view of what I think certain things should be? And if we do that deep work, which can be painful, it's time consuming, it takes a lot of effort, it brings up a whole bunch of stuff sometimes we don't want to deal with. But let me tell you, when you do that deep work, the emergence is like that's it like you do the work it's the foundational work and then the emergence out of that it's like soaring but when people skip that work and just automatically go to let me go ahead and quickly recreate and think they're gonna back end the depth work that's when they find themselves in multiple stages of recreation all the time because they're they're circumventing the part that is the most important, which is the foundational unlearning and relearning that is required for recreation. Yeah. Um, let me take a second to process that because everything you're saying is like, it, it really is. I heard this quote um, last year, maybe a year or two ago, I don't know. But it says that when you lose everything, you can become anything. Mm. And losing, you know, all of these things that I that I considered so valuable to me. And maybe I didn't, you know, but losing the ability to have like just on the physical level of not being able to do basic things or it takes 10, 20 minutes to put on a shirt, you know, needing help to put on socks. You really begin to appreciate very quickly what it is you have in that body that you have. But what happens is that, you know, when you, you lose these things, your ego is crushed. And it feels horrible. But in that crushing of the ego, you realize your ego is in the way of you becoming everything you want to be. And so it was a beautiful opportunity that I was not really aware of it happening in the moment. I can only see it in hindsight. That what has happened is that I was forced like you said, forced to sit down, forced to stop moving. There was times, good portion of time where I could just look up at the ceiling and I had to be completely in my own thoughts, in my own mind, in my own fears. And I dealt with every single one of my fears all at once within this three-year period. Everything from the dissolution of my marriage to money, to my family being split apart, to me being dependent and needing others to help me with the most basic of activities. I give thanks for it now. 
and I couldn't see it then. Mm-hmm. And realizing too that <laughs> in that we will die, death is coming. And if death doesn't come, if you live long enough, you will be handicapped from old age, live to 100. You're going to need a little bit of help. That the, the life that we live is really an illusion. Like we are living in the imagination of others all the time, right? And oftentimes we live in the imagination of, of ourselves, but it's not like even based on any type of reality. What has been allowed for me to happen is that I'm now living in my own imagination and manifesting that imagination, but I had to get out of my own way to make it happen. When you talk about the work, a lot of times people, you know, we don't want to deal with the work. Well, I work all day at, at my job, you know, um, but the real work is internal. The real work is, is solo. The real work is by itself. The real work doesn't oftentimes come with pay in the beginning. But that work right there that you speak of, um, that anybody who has transformed their lives in any type of direction, that sacrifice, that grit, that persistence, that ability to see something that they don't even know what they're looking for, but to know it's out there. Man, that's a superpower into itself. But that comes from getting rid of your ego. That comes from realizing that you ain't it, that there's something greater, but you have to let go of what it is you know, that corner that's comfortable and deal with the uncomfortable. You gotta be in an uncomfortable state sometimes for years. And I wasn't willing to be uncomfortable, but the accident, the getting hit by the car forced me to be uncomfortable and it revealed every other thing in my life that needed to change. Mm-hmm. And it's horrible. I don't wish on anybody, but at the same time, I do wish on people. It's one of those because things the, like, the, who asked you for become it? after that process mm-hmm. is, is you, you the monster that you always wanted to be. Like I, I, I resonate and agree with that so much. I, I frequently, when I talk to people about the great transformative journey that I <laughs> undergo is I'm not inviting you into this because <laughs> it, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't the bee's knees. Okay. Um, uh-huh. it, but man, cause I don't know anyone who personally, at least who's undergone this type of transformation and they even people who I would say I'm a person who theoretically is like I I want this I want this change I want this healing but if you knew what it entailed you wouldn't ask for it that's why I consider myself on a need-to-know basis I don't actually need to know what's coming because then I won't go through with it how about I just say I'm, I'm, I'm committed to the process so a few things I wanted to speak to on what I heard you say one is and this is just kind of my perspective of how I framed it is I I truly believe that there are many parts of us we have parts let's call the ego a part Mm -hmm. I don't believe in banishing any of my parts what I do believe in is having some conscious relationship agreements. We need to renegotiate your involvement. <laughs> so there is a place, I believe, for you know what we would call the ego. I believe in moderation, our ego holds things like confidence. It allows mm-hmm. us to take risks. 
but I also don't want that part of me being the the driver of the bus that transports all me and all of my other parts right. safely from destination to destination. Okay, you know mm-hmm. there is a a childlike um, curiosity that is within me. I also don't want that part driving the bus. There are seats for everybody, but at mm-hmm. a certain point, there needs to be a responsible self that's driving that bus. So to people who think that they have to get rid of parts of themselves in order to be transformed, I don't believe that. I do think we have to renegotiate what the what the agreements are with these parts of us. And part of why we sometimes feel overtaken by different parts of ourselves and actually believe that it's who we are as ourselves is just because we haven't done the work of negotiating relationship with them. That's not surprising because we don't know how to negotiate relationship with the people outside of us. People have been in relationships for all this time and you haven't gone. We aren't the same people we were 10 years ago. Pause. Let's renegotiate. Let's be conscious about the agreements that we're making with each other. And because we don't live in a culture that is that that does that well, this idea of of negotiating agreements within ourselves just feels like a very, very, very far concept. Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there because there are some parts of ourselves we don't want to lose. And I'm saying we ain't got to lose them. We don't have to lose them. We just have to renegotiate and assess where, what, what role or what part do they play? You also talked about, it, it, it made me think of a time I lost my voice. And it was as you were talking, I hadn't thought about it in a long time. I was like, oh, that was that junk drawer I'm talking about. <laughs> Whoever's working back there pulled it out. And what it, it it's interesting. I, I am going to sit and reflect on and allow this thing to grow. But I do think it's interesting that I lost my voice at one point in time. And I want to reflect on that because my contribution to the world is my voice. And so I was just like, mm, let me sit with that. That 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 feels like a nice time to bring that out and, and allow that to to simmer in the crock pot. <laughs> the other thing that I feel like, um, two other things you were speaking some some great stuff, is this you spoke about your particular experience of loss and tragedy through a physical accident that caused you to become physically handicapped. And part of that experience is rooted in the ableism that exists in our culture. Mm -hmm. So this idea that a person needing help can feel degrading and it can feel all these other things because we as a culture not only celebrate ability, but have cast those with differing abilities as other, as less than, um, as disabled instead of differently abled. And yeah. so I, I just want to highlight that, that sometimes the, the, the trauma and tragedy that we experience is not just for our own personal growth, but it is to shine a light on systems that exist 
And I just encourage us not to turn our back on the highlighted system when we go through our personal growth, because then that personal experience allows us to have a different perspective in how a system is working. I did not think about being an able-bodied person and all of the physical abilities I had until I was pregnant with twins. Mm. And I distinctly remember walking into a building like, what you mean you ain't got no elevator? Mm. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's against the law. Like, how are you going to be a multi-story building and you don't have an elevator? It wasn't until my physical ability was impacted that I even thought about it. And even at the time I'm talking about being illegal, I still wasn't thinking about people who, cause at some point I knew these babies were no longer going to be in me. And the expectation was I was going to return back to my normal level of ability. I had to come outside of my own individual thing for me to go, wait a minute. There are actually people whose inability to navigate this particular, this particular thing is not temporary. And how I don't pay attention to that, I need to pay attention to that. I need to be more aware of that. So I wanted to bring that to uh, spoke. And then finally, this idea of living in other people's imaginations. I was like, you better come on because whether you know it or not, we are all living. We are all living at every moment in somebody else. Every single thing that we are living in. It's the imagination of somebody else. The clothes we wear is literally somebody else's imagination about what they thought that fashion should be. And it's nothing wrong with that. It just simply is. That is the fantastic thing about humanity is that we have these imaginations that we can manifest. And so many of us, so many of us live these restricted lives. We live solely in the imagination of others. And we do not take the time and effort to dig out of our own imagination and manifest what it is we want to see in this world. It's so true. This is the power that we have. And to think that we can't is the illusion. You literally are who you say you are to prove otherwise. I mean, this 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 is what we can do. And there's a cheat code to life. The cheat code to life is simply just to do what you want to do. That is the cheat code. And we see other people around us. Oh, how is that person traveling? How is that person doing this? How is that person doing that? Because they did it. Because and con- they overthink the process. Because and con- they yeah. excuses. I'm sorry. No, that's I'm sorry. Convincing us that we can't is part of somebody else's imagination. That's what I need Absolutely. you to know. Absolutely. You a, not it's believing. Illusion. It's an illusion. And you believing that you can't is the imagination of someone else. And we can put whatever labels we want to, whatever identity boxes we want around that. Women can't, children can't, Black people can't, you know, mm-hmm. LGBT, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, but that is still a, a product of someone else's imagination. The, the myth that is white supremacy is one of the biggest imagine, imaginative stories. It is not we true. We give it power. We right? give it power. We give it power. And even just, just kind of just kind of talking about that, it's just that, look, you know, I know that whole Kanye thing that came out a couple of years ago talking about slavery was a choice. You know, he may have been silly. But at the same time, I look at, you know, um, Frederick Douglass, you know, who literally was like, you know what, who's a slave? Not me. And did, you know? And, 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 I, and I use that story, uh, especially because... When I was going through what I was going through, 
I felt so crushed by the weight of everything that was on my shoulders. And I thought to myself, like, why are we dealing with this system and its shenanigans? It is ridiculous. And realizing that it is a choice that we deal with it, you know, uh, meaning that Frederick Douglass, born in slavery, taught himself how to read by tricking the, the other youth on the plantation who may have been his siblings, but that's another conversation. And then at a certain age, about 16, I believe, he fought his quote-unquote owner who, and, and beat that man almost to death and did and then went and had the audacity to make a fortune speaking against slavery during the time of slavery. Like, who does this? And so if that man can say, hold up, you put this label on me, but I don't believe it. I have my own imagination. I know who I am. Then my question becomes, what can I do for myself? If that man can become wealthy speaking against slavery during the time of slavery, what opportunities do I have? Because, you know, we come from our ancestors and our forefathers and foremothers, and they created a world for us to, to live in our imagination. So who am I? And I think an important question with that also is, and I'm, am I willing to pay the price to live out my imagination? Yeah. Sometimes I think people get stuck because they're like, okay, okay, I got this imagination, but, but it's not without cost. Oh, and so there oh, is a oh. count the cost. And that's when I talk to people. It, it's like, you know, one example of this would be entrepreneurship. I've said it countless times. I ain't want to be an entrepreneur. I didn't. This is what it was for me. When I now talk to people who want to be entrepreneurs, specifically within like, ther let's talk about therapists. I am not going to be the person who out here like, uh-uh, you better go into private practice. Stop pause <laughs> let me tell you man you there is so much freedom and liberty in this uh -huh. and are you willing to count the cost and oh. I share my journey freely because you can make up whatever story you want to about me based on the content I put out I'm real I'm authentic I'm transparent but it's also why I share the beginning the middle and the end of the journeys that I go through because oh. it comes at a cost and so are you willing to pay that cost? So in some degree, I recognize that everyone is not going to be willing to pay the cost of that. And I don't meet that with judgment. I think for every Frederick Douglass there, there was, there was someone who paid the ultimate price of death to try mm -hmm. to live out that imagination, but they determined that even death in pursuit of imagination was better than bondage. And if you are not willing to recognize that whatever comes along your way in your pursuit to executing your imagination, being better than where you are, then you're probably either going to get a little bit far and then return to where you were, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Or just be like, look, I can make it work here. And I, I don't have a good, bad, right or wrong to that. I just think that's the reality of the thing now. You get through the cost. Sometimes the cost seems too much, 
but in comparison to what you get on the other side it was nothing but it could take you years before you get to the point where you go oh that was nothing because in the moment it feel it feel like a whole bunch of something let me let me tell you <laughs> but i i just i i i want i hope i endeavor that this conversation i don't believe this conversation we're having brandon is um it, what i tell people it's not a sales pitch this conversation is for the person who already no, they know it you listening and you know it and you cussing me out i i say there is no greater therapy session coaching session or podcast when somebody ain't throw something at that and cuss at me like <laughs> get out my business this isn't to convince someone who is comfortable where they are to become uncomfortable I believe this conversation is just what people need to hear who are uncomfortable already. And they are just like, I, I'm tired. I'm tired of being uncomfortable. And you you want to have the imagination, but imagination is scary because survival is a thief of imagination. Come on, and so you've been in survival so long, you're used to surviving. But at some point, you got to look, literally look around you right this moment. And you need to tell yourself, wait a minute, I actually stopped surviving a while ago. Yeah. And I haven't been thriving because I still think I'm surviving. This is the conversation for these people. You are, in fact, out of survival. Now launch forward. So yeah. I know somebody who's listening to this is like, okay, you know, shut up. But I won't shut up because you sometimes you just need that 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 push. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. Like you're already there. And I think to be able to have people who in different ways have gone through and be honest about it. It is, it's the, we're the new Frederick Douglass. Come on now. And, and, and I love, and I love that you say that. And I get excited about this, right? Is that moving back to Louisville, Kentucky was very humbling for me because I did not know what I was going to find, who I was going to find. I didn't, did it, I was born and raised there, but I've been gone for years, decades. But I also did not have the weight of my failures with me as well. Mm. And so I was a completely new person in this city. They had no idea who I was, no idea what I've been doing, no idea what had been going on in my life. And none of it mattered. And none of it mattered. And none of it still matters. It's part of my story. But in the end, none of that matters because I told my daughter, I said, Asada, we're going to start bending. And a part of the bending was based off like, you know, that one, you know, we didn't make some money, right? But two, and I said this to her in Kwanzaa of 2020, I said, Asada, we're going to make postcards. They said, postcards, that's crazy. I said, yeah, I know. But it was accessible to me. I could afford to print them. We were broke. No, broke's not a good way. We ain't had no money at the time. It wasn't to us yet. It was coming. But so I said, we're going to make postcards. Move down to Cincinnati Public Library, downtown Makerspace. Printed out these postcards. I bought some paper. I'm a graphic designer by trade. So I can, you know, I, I was able to do this. And we went to a Kwan's event that night and we made like $70. And I said, huh, maybe there's something here of postcards. See, what happens is that a lot of people get stuck in the imagining. See, it's good to have an imagination, 
but you can't get stuck in the imagining and the wondering and having to get smarter and waiting for the right time to do something. Sometimes you just got to do something and have to be imperfect and have to be silly and you got to make a fool of yourself. But action and failure is better than nothing at all. And though we started at Postcards and we went to Louisville six months later in June, and we were selling these postcards and I was nervous about it because I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? But, you know, we made our first $100, $200 and it felt good to say, man, you know, I came out of our imagination that God gave me and this is what we produce. And I remember saying to my daughter in December of 2020, I said, Father, I feel like, I feel like I am struggling because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not using what's been given to me. I'm over trying to get these jobs and do this and do that. And none of it worked. And I said, God gave me this art. Why am I not using it? And so, you know, we had to go out on faith. Mm. We had to reach out on faith and realize that there's something else out there, even though we could not even conceptualize it. I could not articulate it. There was something else that was out there, but you have to make that first step into the dark. And we understand this concept mm -hmm. very well. Mm -hmm. I have never met a person who would be considered reasonable, who would expect a toddler upon taking their first steps to go run a marathon. Mm -hmm. I've just mm -hmm. never person, I've just never met a person who has had that expectation that a toddler who has not yet taken its first step will, upon its first step, run 23.6 miles. I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. 26 point, whatever it is, because I don't run them, but um <laughs> No, there is a reasonable step. There is a reasonableness about humanity, the humans I've met, that when the toddler pulls up on the, the dining room table and it only lasts for 20 seconds and they fall on their butt, they celebrate. Yes, right. Oh my God, did you see that? Oh my God. And then you watch and wait for them to do it again with your camera so you can get it, so you can share it with people. You are waiting to watch that toddler fail so you can celebrate it. You are waiting for them to take their first step and fall down so that you can celebrate that child with other people. Yet our bodies get bigger. We take our first step and we will shame somebody because they didn't run a marathon on their first step. Yeah. Yeah. We will shame ourselves because mm -hmm. we did not run a marathon or a 5k yeah. upon that first step. And so we we understand it. We just got to go back to the basics. We got to go yeah. back to the point where that step. And why is it important for the toddler to pull up on the coffee table and, and fall down? Because the toddler can't walk unless they build those muscles in their legs. The That's up right. and on. down is literally a process of building muscles to allow them to walk. So... When we step out, that thing you're doing is actually building muscle. Sometimes you don't have the vision. How many times I've said, man, if I would have known then what I know now, and if I would have known then what I know now, I wouldn't have grown. I wouldn't have built muscle and I would yeah. not have the strength and the resilience that I have because I would have jumped to this, this space. And I'm talking my son, my oldest child, he never crawled. He never crawled. He went and he straight walked. And I remember the pride I felt in that. And like the expectation that that was going to accelerate everything else that he did. But now I sit and wonder in other areas, what did he miss by not crawling? Hmm. 
right? And and some other things, we it feels like I got to go back and be a little remedial on. Maybe it's something relationally. Maybe it's something emotionally. Don't begrudge the person that crossed. Then I had my twins and they didn't walk until 13 months. Mm-hmm. And some of the same things, I'm not having to go back with them. So look, there is a process. Some people are going to stand straight up and walk. They're going to skip that first two, that first step. That's okay. It's also why we got to stop being comparative. Because the the other side, because what I wanted to go back to, circle back to is share their story. Because you represent more than just yourself to other people. Like you can, you, you sitting here thinking, oh man, I'm not where I want to be. But to someone else, you're a whole inspiration, right? The other thing about it though, is don't go like, <laughs> stop comparing, We just got to stop comparing. I am a person that acknowledges that I lived in the spirit of comparison my whole life until recently when I recognized that's what it was and started to undo that process of everything I did, looking at someone else and then comparing. Is mine better? Is mine worse? Is mine good? Is mine bad? Then I just started to realize, you know, mine is me. That's it. That's all I can give. And so I believe that when we can go through that deep process of unlearning and relearning and recreating. The blueprint isn't about duplicating what someone else has done. The blueprint is knowing that if you can get through that space, the horizons and the the bright lights and everything else that's like ahead of you, it that's 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 the imagination part. That's when you can go and you're like, you dream big. But I, I, I acknowledge that that takes practice too. I'm not just yeah. saying imagine and all of a sudden, because for some of us, we've been in survival so long that imagination feels like that marathon. So yeah. start small. What do I want for dinner? <laughs> like what I, I mean, do I, I want I mean, but yes, absolutely. tomorrow? Start Start small. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, um, and this is anecdotal, but I think people can relate to it is that, look, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I'm speaking success into all of our lives right now, is that you don't know, um, and a woman I care for deeply, you know, when I met her, um, she said to me, you know, I was talking about, like, she's like, why are you selling this stuff? Why do you sell coloring books and postcards? I met her up in Chicago. And she was like, postcards, you got, you got your postcards. I didn't, I didn't, I did not understand that the postcards were so important to my development. I kind of thought it was just something I, I was just doing that I can do. But see, the postcards led to the coloring books. And I didn't, didn't even tell about my first coloring book. I was nervous about telling people. I was nervous about rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, but the postcards led to the coloring books. The coloring books have led to canvas pieces and i'm literally having my first show uh solo exhibit solo exhibit coming up on october 20th in Louisville, mm-hmm. the like one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing and when you're in the process of doing creating recreating yourself of activity of surrounding yourself in with with people that are in that world so forth and so forth doors will open up but your mind has to be open up to it as well when it comes to like the idea of strengthening yourself, 
you know, those baby steps. See, we, we skip those baby steps because we see ourselves and we compare ourselves, like you said, to the people that have already quote unquote made it. And I say quote unquote because you ask that person they made it, they might be like, nah, I'm trying to get to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we compare ourselves to other people who are compared themselves to other people. These are one, these are all illusion. There's nothing yeah. wrong with healthy competition, but oftentimes people that you're competing against, they don't even see. And we compare our baby steps to their marathon. Absolutely. We don't even go reasonable and go compare baby step to baby step. I, yeah, right. I think embedded in it too, though, is at some point, what you're calling a baby step is a long stride. Absolutely. We can be our harshest critic and, and, and just, yeah, I think there is a balance, there is imagination and there is seeing what's ahead. I found at some point that I was focused there so much that I wasn't actually looking around me. I had to pause and go, oh, I did a whole therapy Thursday on it. There is here. I spent so much time trying to get there. I didn't realize yeah. that I had arrived there. It's, there. I, it's here. And, and with that, for context for me we can maybe that initial step is a baby step and we think that when we progress past baby steps that it has changed but I want to remind people that I have been doing therapy Thursdays for four years this month every Thursday with the exception of like I can maybe I'm up to three four hands that I can count of a of a of a week I've skipped and that week at this point is not it's skipping new content but we'll throw a throwback yeah every single week for four years that's right so part of it is consistency Consistency and I'm not gonna lie the word like I look at it and I had a friend of mine and colleague, he, he he texted me a couple of weeks ago and was like, hey, I'm on your YouTube channel. I'm on your YouTube page looking for a video to use. Your subscriptions and views are criminally low for the level of content you put out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. But what I have always said is, it's there because if I am assuming that when I put out content, cause I've gone back and listened to some of this stuff, this stuff don't have expiration dates. Nah, it's it ain't right. nothing I put out that you'd be like, Oh, that's old. So I take my consistency and my, my root is in I'm putting in the work because somebody going to listen to this podcast in three years and it's going to be exactly the right timing that they needed to hear it. So sometimes the work that you're doing, it's not about seeing the immediate results. It's about recognizing that you are building this thing with a solid foundation. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes what happens is when it comes, it comes. And next thing you know, it's like, and that's how we get this very false, foolish narrative of the overnight success. Yeah, No such thing. If you just not finding out about this person, they've been putting in the work for yeah, a right. really long time. I remember reading that like Lizzo lived in her car. She's a classically trained flautist, flutist, flautist, all this stuff, right? But then this song come on, everybody like, oh, overnight success, man. 
listen, there is no such thing. But if you're not consistent, when that escalator comes, you ain't going to be ready because you haven't built the muscle, the practice and the consistency to sustain the abundance that you've now arrived at. That's what people don't talk about. You want to jump straight to the abundance. Abundance requires muscle to carry it. And so you keep on doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep putting out videos every single week. I'm going to keep doing podcasts because I'm building the necessary resilience and muscle that when whatever that thing comes, I'm going to have the strength to carry it. That's right. So, so, you know, and, and I love that. See, I love this. This is honestly, this is what I asked for. And the manifestation has been strong especially over the past year, um, that everything I've been I've ever asked for is, is actually coming to fruition. But, you know, people, I've only been doing like art like this for a little over a year now, right? And people say, you know, how do you, how are you doing all these things only doing it for a year? Uh, for one, it's that word you said before, consistency. I've become obsessed with one thing, the, the thing I'm doing. Second, is that oftentimes people, um, they always starting something, stopping something, starting something, stopping something, starting a new thing. Oh, this new thing, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to try this out, got to do, you know, these things are okay. But at some point, you got to focus, laser focus, all right? And what's happened is that if you're able to delay gratification, if you're able to go long enough without even asking for money and things like that, what you're building is this capital within your media social media, social capital, whatever it is, you're building this capital that when it's time for to make that ask, you can make that ask as big as you need to be. So what you have even right now is you have four years of content. You have four years of connections. You have four years of insights. You have four years of experts that have come into your life that you can call on at any given time in the future. All right? That's not something to be lightly. That, that is something that's major. Mm-hmm. And now... When it's time to make a step into another direction or take this platform higher, you're actually ready for it. Because this is what I heard, um, and I and I didn't understand these things when I heard it before, was that when you do the work, you think you're doing the work, but the work is actually working on you. Mm-hmm. Who have you become over this past four years? You know, so even with the coloring books, people are like, oh, you have three coloring books? I really have four coloring books. Um, one I did for Louisville because I just want to show gratitude to the city I've been in. And people are like, how have you been able to do this over the past year, one year? Consistency, mm-hmm. gratitude, being focused, not doing everything else, doing one thing over and over and over and over again, and not letting my emotions dictate if I'm going to do it or not. I simply do it like it's my job because it's what I've been given. See, when it comes to transforming our lives, we have to be focused. We may not know the outcome, may not be the know the direction, but we have to be focused on the transformation within ourselves and dealing with those uncomfortable things, which may be, let me deal with all these other distractions because it feels good. When in reality, you want really want one thing that you're good at and that you can roll with. And so, you know, that focus, that consistency, that concentration is the determining factor for my personal development and success that is happening right in front of me. This is the life that I asked for. This is the life that I've been wanting, and it is here. It is not off in the distance. It is here right now. 
And when I was going through the traumatic experiences, um, it was a three-year ordeal. During that three years, I lived in the future. I said, man, if, if this is going to be better, if I do this, it's going to be better, and this and that. And now the blessing is that I can live in the now and be appreciative of what's happening now, be appreciative of what's happened in the past, and be appreciative of what's going to happen in the future. Mm. Good times happen. And during those good times, you got to get ready for the bad times. So it's going to happen too. But bad times happen, and it won't last forever. And you also got to prepare for the good times. This is the blessing I've been looking for in life, and I had no clue, no concept that it would come through going through the fire and reemerging like the phoenix from the flames. Mm -hmm. So even in this rebirth that I'm in, this re renaissance that I'm in, it is a powerful opportunity for me to tap into who I am and dictate my life from here on out as much as I possibly can. Because I, there's another quote that says, um, I can't predict the future, but I can control it, you know? And that's all that really matters. I can't predict everything that will happen, but I can definitely control what I'm going to be doing in the future mm -hmm. and, how, and how I'll respond to certain things in the future. This is our superpower. Once we are tapped into this, once we are tapped into this, we recognize that we can pretty much do whatever it is we want. And I'm telling you right now, I'm about to do all type of crazy, beautiful, amazing things because this is what God gave us to do. And I'm grateful and I'm thankful for that. And so this is the opportunity that we have. This is the life that we've always wanted to live. What baby steps, quote unquote baby steps that we're going to take that are really those long strides? Because mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, that first episode, and I can only guess, maybe you were born natural, like your son just walking. But I'm going to help go ahead and guess that that first episode that you did four years ago was rough. And he was nervous, and he was wondering what's happening, and maybe some technical issues happened, and maybe trying to figure these things. But guess what? Over the next four years, it got better and better and better and better to now, you know, your setup is flawless. Your delivery is flawless. You know exactly what you're doing. Your questions are articulate. You are an excellent host. I'm sure you had all those things before, but I'm sure you improved over the past four years as well. Well, and to that point, what I will say is that that illusion of baby steps is technology has gotten better. I will definitely yeah. say, yeah, sure, I've improved. But Therapy Thursday wasn't a baby step to the podcast. Yeah. Doing a declamation contest in fifth grade was a, yeah. best, was a baby step to yeah. this podcast. Raising my hand and ask, answering a question in an auditorium full of people in college was a baby step, right? So when we reassess, we realize that why your baby step is a long stride is because you've been exercising some of these things your whole life. You've just never looked at it that way. That's right. So this ain't a baby step. The, the Therapy Thursday wasn't a baby step leading to this podcast. The Easter speech when I was four years old was a baby step to this so when you start to assess your life like that you realize you're a lot further along than you think you are sometimes it requires us to go back and get that childlike imagination so that you can because children oftentimes don't see the boundaries and the danger they just want the adventure and the exploration and when we can lean into that right? It doesn't mean we become less practical. It means we start to unshackle our imagination, that responsibility, age, and maturity has put on our ability to dream big. 
And so while I know we can talk forever more, <laughs> Brandon, I want to start wrapping up by um, giving folks an opportunity, one, to support your work, but not for just the sake of supporting Brandon, but get your own healing on through the purchase of these coloring books. Um, and where can we follow you and get more information about you so we can be aware of your upcoming uh, things that are going on or if you just said something that somebody is like I need I need to get in touch with this brother how can people reach and find you absolutely and I'm gonna let you know or anybody listening if you want to holler at me holler at me for real um I'm so grateful to be able to have the opportunity to speak to anybody that comes my direction especially when it comes down to that healing and that manifestation so if you want to get a hold of me first of all my website it's www.inflywetrust. That's www.inflywetrust.com. Purchase the books. On social media, on Instagram, I'm at inflywetrustinc, the red and black logo. I-N-F-L-Y-V-W-E-T-R-U-S-T-I-N-C, the red and black logo. That's the best way to kind of keep uh, keep abreast with what we're doing and where we're going and where we're going to be at. I just want to say thank you for this opportunity to come and speak to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once again, it's an absolute honor to be here because whether you know it or not, you're part of my manifestation. Mm. Um, I didn't, you know, I imagined being in positions like this to even have time with people like you. And it is here now. And so I'm extremely grateful for that opportunity. And this is what I want, the last word I want to leave with people is this. Don't wait to do something tomorrow. Don't make extra problems for yourself by creating hurdles for yourself. Don't add on to the problem, add on to what you need. Don't wait for the perfect time because it ain't coming. Whatever you feel like is inside of you, do it. Because I guarantee you, You can transform yourself right now. But a lot of us had to go through hard stuff. A lot of it had to be forced, imposed upon us through life and tragedy. But you don't have to wait for that. Don't wait till you're handicapped. Don't wait till you're, you're sick. Don't wait till you're broke. Don't wait till your marriage fell apart. Don't wait till you're having a, a, a life crisis. Don't wait. Work on you right now and begin that process and that work. So you don't have to overcome and have a tragic story. It's not for everybody. You have this opportunity and ability to create and recreate yourself every single day. So take that opportunity and do it right now. And check out this show. Um, and, you know, keep on that process and stay connected with the community of people um, who are, are moving that direction. So thank you for that time. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, anything that I can possibly do for you all in the future, for you and your husband, please let me know. And let's do some work together. We might do a, a therapy, chill and sip, yeah. color and sip type thing or whatever. It's something in the books, you know? Yeah, we, we would definitely do that. And while I hate to do this because I think your final word was beautiful, I want to do final word part B and just share how we even got connected. Look, I, you know, there's an annual youth event that, you know, Mm -hmm. I usually sit on the planning board for. We went to Independent City, Jay and I volunteer. We're sitting down, you know, having our lunch afterwards and Brandon comes to the table 
He comes to the table. He introduces himself. He says what he does. I look at Jay and I give him the nod I give him when I say, hey, producer, do your job. He'll be good on the podcast. And and that's it. And I share that. And I've been sharing how I got connected with guests with you all, because I think you make up stories. That's what the brain does. Some of these amazing guests that I have, I have never met before. I don't know them. We don't share a history. Some people I go way back with. Brandon and I met a few weeks ago. And we met because he put himself out there. He walked up to a table full of people. He introduced himself. He said what he did. Y'all caught the real time revelation that I had when I remembered that I had seen a post about him earlier. That's how this works. So I will continue to tell you, somebody listening to this is like, man, I will make a great guest on there. Then you need to say something or walk up to my table and introduce yourself. Do something. Right. I am here and I'm open because I have never been the only holder of wisdom. And my goal with the Labors of Love podcast is to create a community where we can share our labors because we don't have to labor alone. So, Brandon, I appreciate you um, for taking the time to come and share your labor of love with me and my guests I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel, who does all the music for the Labors of Love podcast, to my producer, James Sugg from Instant Classic Media, and my listeners. Y'all know I love you. Like I said, this is not a radio station. You have to be intentional to click on this link, and I appreciate you every time you do. Don't forget I got my Patreon. You want to support this work? Remember, this podcast don't cost you nothing, but it costs me and my family a lot. So if you want to continue to support my work, head over to Patreon. We're on all the major social media outlets. If you haven't already, go ahead and give me that five-star rating, write a review, and share the podcast with your loved ones and friends. Until we connect again, you all be well.